How are we doing, everybody? Welcome back to the My Prime Podcast. Today is Sunday, the 20th, 21st. I think it's the 21st. Sunday, the 21st. Uh, got six picks. We obviously got some really good NFL games today. Uh, the divisional round, so we got one play for each game there. And then, obviously, got NBA. Um, trying to stay up with that. Got four plays there. Not going to take a day off. There's not enough NFL to take the day off for NBA anymore. So, Got NBA, NFL, six picks. Let's get into them right away. Um, let's start with the NFL, okay? So, first play I have is Jameson Williams of the Lions. Oh, <clears throat> my bad. Jameson Williams of the Lions, over 38.5 rushing and receiving yards, minus 115 at MGM. So, if I'm going to be honest, I'm like 100% a truther in Jameson. Uh, I feel comfortable buying low on him. Uh, I think I'm like 3-3 three and three betting on him this year. And he's just like, as betters, we all have guys that like we have comfort betting, you know, right? Jamison is one of them. I know a lot of people were on him last week. And you guys said, if you guys were on him last week, it was a good bet because he played a ton. Played a ton. Uh, he just didn't come through, didn't have a splash play or anything. So there's no Khalif Raymond here. Uh, Donovan Peoples-Jones didn't run a route last week. I believe Jamison had like an 87% row participation. So he's basically like a full-time receiver. Um, and he has never been a full-time receiver, like in his career. Like even this year, just really never been a full-time receiver. Always been around like at best, like a 60, 65% row participation. So the amount of routes he's running is like more than he's ever done in his NFL career. So looking at his stats, like hit rate's not great. Even though he has been putting turning it on, uh, the past couple weeks, I think he ended the year going over in four out of six. But yeah, man, he's he's basically a full time receiver. Routes are at an all time high for him. Um, Jameson, so why am I doing rushing? Uh, he's gotten three rushing attempts this year. Uh, Khalif Raymond, he is out. Uh, he has had seven rushing attempts. Um, Raymond's like a very gadgety player, and Jameson's like athleticism, like they've just obviously gave him a few end arounds this year. Um, <clears throat> I think that like if anyone's to get a gadgety play. I think it'll probably be Jameson Williams. So the Lions, like, they'll get into their bag. They'll try stuff on offense. They'll do trick plays and stuff. So <clears throat> I think that, like, Jameson has a good chance. He didn't get any gadgety stuff last week, but I think that, like, sneakily he has, like, a really good chance of getting, like, something gadgety, like a end around, or maybe he's, like, a design and, like, a flea flicker or something like that. So, um, yeah, man, just I think that Jameson Williams – it has a good chance of getting like a rushing attempt here. Um, overall, <clears throat> Jared Goff, this offense, I mean, I love backing them in the dome. Like, love fading them outside, but in the dome, love backing them. Tampa on the year, <clears throat> they've been awful against the pass, solid against the run. I mean, it's all reflective, and I could like pull up a bunch of numbers and stuff, but it's all reflective in the fact that Jared Goff and his passing yards, his line is at 279.5, so the books are obviously expecting this passing offense to have a ton of success. So, yeah, all in all, man, like, I just think that this line is, like, a little bit short. Like, imagine if Jamison had the game Josh Reynolds had last week. Like, it just didn't happen. Um, but his line would be, like, yeah, like, this line would be at, like, high 40s, maybe low 50s. So, he has a full-time role. Um, I just, like, love his talent, man. Uh, I, I, think, I think that him coming off of, like, a quiet game is keeping his line low. But, yeah, man, it's just, like, a really good spot for, like, the pass attack in general, uh, uh, being in the dome, going up against a bad Tampa secondary. So, yeah, man, I think that he's going to get the opportunities. Um, he's going to be on the field a ton. 
I just expect him to make some plays, maybe even get a gadgety play or two. So, yeah, man, love this Jameson play. Next up, uh, <clears throat> next football play, NFL play. I played Stefan Diggs, over 59.5 receiving yards at minus 110 at FanDuel. So, another one, man, like, I get it. Diggs has not been good as of late, but I'm willing to pull the trigger all day on Diggs at a low number like this, honestly. Especially in a game, like, obviously with, like, a massive, massive importance. Like, I just trust Diggs, star player, show up here. Um, so, getting into the matchup, it's not great on paper. I'm going to be completely honest. Uh, Legereus Sneed, he'll shadow him. And, yes, he's, like, a very, very good uh, quarterback, very good matchup, or very tough matchup. <clears throat> but, like, I think that with the, with the way Diggs has been playing, we're, like, starting to downgrade him is, like, a talent. Like, the talent is always there. Um, usually in the NFL, like elite receivers, just like in offense, just like in professional sports, NBA, NFL, elite offense t- typically always beats elite defense. So um, I think that he, albeit it's a tough matchup, I think that he's one of the more matchup proof people. And if we're getting like a shadow and they trust him enough to go one on one, we don't see a lot of double teams, we don't see a lot of bracket coverages. Like, I think that that could actually maybe be a positive. So versus KC this year, Legereus did get the best of him. We saw Diggs. He went 4 for 24. Um, not a good game. But if you look at the underlying metrics, uh, they're pretty good. Uh, he had a 33% target share that week. So Josh Allen clearly wasn't scared to test need and stuff. Um, he had 43% of the team's air yards. So chances were more than there. They just didn't connect. That happens in football. Football is a pretty volatile sport. You know, like a bit, like a 40-yard pass play that doesn't connect. Like, oh, just a little bit off. Like, that changes, like did his line hit or not you know you know what i'm saying so he's gonna get a lot of air yards gonna get a lot of targets like <clears throat> i think Allen showed that he's not afraid to go at sneed so um I, I think that you know like digs how many times are cornerbacks gonna get the best of him are they gonna get the best of him two times in a row i don't know i'd say it's pretty tough but another thing is that there's no gabe davis uh gabe davis he's not a good receiver really he's not great at all doesn't really have a lot of targets and stuff all that stuff but if you think about it, no Bills, like, pass catcher outside of Diggs and maybe Kincaid, but they don't really use him like that. It's really a threat to make, like, a big play. Because, like, a big play from, one, like, another wide receiver, like a Gabe Davis 60-yard touchdown, which is, like, definitely in the range of outcomes if you were to play. Um, like, that could screw, like, a lot of things up, like, create, like, a bad game script, take away a ton of, like, the team's total yards. Um, yeah, man, so I think that... No, Gabe Davis is just like a little boost that we know that there probably won't be an explosive pass play to anyone else on this team than Diggs. So I like that he's out for Diggs here. And yeah, man, just like the ultimate revenge spot for the Bills. Bills Chiefs, you know, they got this rivalry. Mahomes, Allen, they beat him in heartbreaking fashion two years ago. All that stuff. Like, I don't know. I'm a big narrative guy, and I'm trusting a superstar quarterback, superstar wide receiver to connect a few times on the big stage. And this is just a very low number for Diggs. Like, under under 60, I can't. I think we maybe got one in, like, week 18. But, um, yeah, man, Diggs at this number, like, instantly looked towards over. And I think the spot, I think that he has a good chance of getting the best of Snead here, man. So, like Diggs here at 59 and a half. I know my write-ups <clears throat> for these NFL are more more by low, pure by lows than like actually like hardcore data and stuff. But football is just a volatile sport, man. I, I love buying low after a couple bad games. 
it's kind of been my MO my whole my whole betting career in the NFL. So um I like I just really like both these spots for these guys. Alright, getting into the NBA. Um my first play is gonna be Macau Bridges. This game's at like uh, in like three hours as a time recording. Um it's at three thirty Eastern time, so First play, Mikael Bridges, under 22.5 points. I put that at minus 120 at DK. So for Mikael, um, he's under in 28 out of 40 games this year, excluding like the game versus, I think it was the Bucks, where he uh, where he only played the first quarter. So uh, very good hit rate, 28 out of 40. Very good, very good. Uh, it's a pretty bad matchup here. <coughs> Sorry. Clippers, as a team, last 15 games, they allow the 13th fewest points per game, so slightly above average defense. They allow the 8th fewest field goals made from pull-up jumpers, which is what Macau's game, like, mostly is, you know, trying to get to that mid-range and pull-up. So, limit that pretty well. And, of course, Macau, he's a clear-cut one out there with the starters, at least. Um, he's a wing. He's lengthy. You know, if that means you're playing against the Clippers, he should draw the Kawhi matchup. So, I think that Kawhi, probably a top five defender, uh, like wing defender, on-ball defender in the league. Just a brutal matchup for him individually here. Um, this game is also in L.A. Uh, the Nets are coming off of a big win in L.A. against the Lakers, but this game has a massive spread uh, on it of 11. Um, Nets, they're on the road here, clearly the inferior opponent. Um, a blowout would not be surprising at all. The Nets, they're basically at full health. Uh, guys like Cam Thomas and Lonnie Walker, they've missed a lot of time this year. Uh, those are just guys who are going to take away a ton of like field goal attempts, especially for like the minutes that they're out there. Um, I don't know how much they're going to be playing with McCall. I'm sure Cam Thomas will play a decent amount. Maybe we get a little bit of Lonnie, but just wanted to put that out there that the Nets aren't this... Uh, like Their starting lineup is clearly lacking scores, but off the bench, if these guys happen to get some extended run... Uh, they're just going to take a, take away a ton of shots when they're out there. So thought I'd mention that. Yeah, man, so all in all, this, uh, this bet just has a great hit rate to the under, and now he gets matched up, likely, likely gets matched up with one of the best uh, defenders in the league uh, in a game with blow potential, uh, sign me up, limit pull-up jumpers. Um, the Nets, like Macau, Macau, Macau will catch and shoot, and the Clippers aren't great against catch and shoot. But um, just like the Nets just don't have, like, guys who can create for others on this team. So I think that I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I, I would assume that Mikal, his scoring has been a little bit down, his efficiency has been down, because he hasn't been getting a ton of those um, catch-and-shoot looks and been forced to create for himself when he's really at his best when he doesn't have to do that at a super high super high rate. So, yeah, man, I think there's just a lot of out, outs for this Mikal one and great hit rate to begin with. Next one I played is Tyrese Halliburton. I went over 21.5 points. Um, it was minus 105 at DK. I think that that line is still probably right around there. But um, So Halley, in full games this year, he's over this line in 18 out of 33 games. He's averaging 23.8 points per game. And then when he gets like a competitive game, when it's close, um, he plays 30, when he plays 32 or more minutes, He's over this line in 16 out of 23 games. So, very good hit rate um, when he gets his minutes. Solid hit rate when he, uh, just like any game in general. Um, first game back from injury, uh, he saw 35 minutes. He's he's questionable here, but, I mean, if you play a Friday night game in Portland, get a day of rest, 
then you get a chance to go knock down, knock off Katie Booker Beal. I don't know why the hell he would sit here. So, I mean, for solid 35 minutes, last game, I'm expecting a full go, no minute limits here. This is a super nice matchup for him. So, to beat the Suns, you have to shoot the rock. Last 15 games, Suns, they allow the second fewest points in the paint, but they allow the second most uh, pull-up field goals made and the second most catch-and-shoot field goals made. So, Halley, Nurkic plays drop coverage. Halley is great from the mid-range game. Uh, really can score from all three levels. He, can, he also can catch and shoot, obviously. Um, he's really good at it. He doesn't get a ton of opportunities because he's usually the one creating for others. But, um, obviously, the Suns are bad against pull-ups, too, which Halley takes a ton of. So, yeah, man. Um, Siakam, obviously, if he's here, uh, maybe in the long run, his points, Halley's points per game might trend down a little bit. Maybe not either, though. We don't really know yet. But Siakam, uh, he's, like, a very paint-reliant scorer. And, obviously, like, the Suns, Second fewest points in the paint last 15 games, but then gives up all that shooting. So I really don't like the matchup for Pascal here, if I'm going to be completely honest with you. Um, Suns, if you look at their point of attack defenders too, I mean, Josh Kogi when he gets in, he's okay. He doesn't really play a ton uh, in the starting lineup. They really don't have anyone who's good like that. So, yeah, man, uh, this I think this is just like a low line for Halley. I think we're getting maybe a little bit of an injury discount when we really shouldn't be, considering how many minutes he got in the game against Portland last in his first game back. Um, I just expect him to be like very comfortable on offense this game. Like, he'll be able to get to his spots in the mid range. Uh, there's no really good point of attack defender. Like, he'll just get. I think he just gets a ton of like good open pull ups. I think he gets a couple catch and shoots. And yeah, man, I, I think that the way that Halley scores is like a really good matchup for uh, the Suns. So that's my second play. Third play. Jimmy Butler, over 20.5 points, minus 115 at Caesars. Uh, I think this is a good spot to get, like, a trying Jimmy Butler, if I'm going to be honest. So, we have the game. It's a pick him. It's in Orlando. Uh, Franz, who's been out, listed out, like, this whole time. He's listed questionable. So, I think there's a good chance that he might play here. But even if he doesn't, like, the Magic at home, they're a good team to begin with, but at home, too. Um, they're going to be a super tough out. And I think that at some point in this game... We're going to have to see Jimmy Butler uh, take this one over. I think that maybe he even comes out aggressive because the Heat are on a two-game losing streak, which I also like. Should be more desperate to get a win. Yeah, uh, Magic, they're a solid defense overall, uh, but if you're looking at their last 15 games, they allow the eighth most points in the paint. Also, last 15 games, they allow the fewest catch-and-shoot field goals made. So why is that good for Jimmy? Is that he, really, he rarely takes catch-and-shoot shots uh, to begin with. He's like a guy who'll catch the ball and like like hold it for a little bit and then make his move. Like he's really not a catch and shoot guy at all for the most part. Um, it also indicates that the Magic run single coverage defense and they're not like super. They're not playing like a ton of help because when you play help defense, that's what generates catch and shoots. Um, and yeah, so if they're not getting beat from catch and shoots, that means that they're giving up a ton of shots. Um, off the dribble, pretty much. So uh, I expect like some single coverage here. I think that all the guys on the Heat who rely on taking catch and shoot shots, it's a very tough matchup for them. Um, expect like not a ton of help as well. Um, yeah, Jimmy, he's over this line in 11 out of 17 games when he makes six or more shots. So basically, that's like when he tries, right? Because I mean, it's Jimmy Butler. He's a superstar. Uh, making six shots for a superstar is not a big ask. 
So, yeah, it's basically when he tries. Um, he also has 19-plus in 16 out of 17 games with those 6-plus field goals made. So, yeah, man, uh, not saying like, – it's obviously not a guarantee that he's going to make six shots. I agree. Not a guarantee at all, but, like, to me, that just, like, indicates that when he's actually uh, – when he's not trolling, like, that's, like, what you can kind of expect when he's not trolling, like, a very good hit rate. All in all, man, uh, when you're betting overs on Jimmy Butler in the regular season, you want to bet on him when his scoring is going to be needed uh, and in spots where the Heat need to win. So Orlando at home, like I said, should be a very tough out. If the Heat coast and win here, I'd be shocked. Um, And also just like the way that they play defense, like forcing people to beat them off the dribble, not helping a ton. I think uh, limiting catch and shoots for others. I think that's just like a very... um, very solid uh, matchup for Jimmy and kind of fits towards his game and what he does and how he scores. So, yeah, we also got the two-game losing streak from the Heat. I don't know. I just, I just think that this is, like, a good, good spot to buy on Jimmy Butler. I think that he think that he gets his shots up here, to say the least. All right. And then the final play, I'm not even going to spend a lot of time on this. I've been preaching it on Twitter for a little bit. But we're going with Nikola Jokic under 26.5 points against the Wizards. Um, it's just a system play for me at this point, man. Nuggets, they're 13-point favorites against the Wizards. Um, I just expect a very pass-heavy, very passive Jokic looking to let his teammates eat. Um, similar to when he took three shots against the Pistons. Similar to recently when he took seven shots against the Hornets. Like, it just what Jokic does is just how he plays. Like We'll see him drop like 35 against the Celtics or whatever. Um, that's like the perfect spot to back him in when he's getting single coverage <clears throat> and like it's in like a game where he needs to score. But yeah, man, this is a game where could he drop 60 if he wanted to? Yes, he could. But um, that's just not who Jokic is. It's not his mindset when he's um, when he's going into these games where they're clearly, clearly the better team. So yeah, man, um, like I said, uh, Jokic with Murray... Jokic is here with Jamal Murray, and he takes 20 or less field goal attempts. He's under in 13 out of 23 games. But honestly, man, like, if the Nuggets coast and win here, like the spread kind of indicates, I wouldn't be shocked to see, like, eight field goal attempts or something for him. Just, like, very passive. Um, The Wizards, they're just overall, they're such a bad defense that, like, it's a MP, like, Gordon should be able to dominate down low. Um, Jamal Murray... Uh, if he's on, like, no one's guarding him. Like, MPJ, he should be able to have his way as well. Like, the Wizards are a terrible defense that, unless these guys all shoot terrible, um, I really just don't see the need for Jokic to ever put his foot on the gas here. And um, we might even get, like, like there, there's, uh, there's like, a chance that, like, Jokic, like, I, like if there's a first half lines on this, I would, like, hammer the under. Because um, I think he's just going to come out super passive, and if, like, the Wizards actually do push them, um, then Jokic might start trying, but then if he starts trying, he might have, like, eight points, like, in the third quarter, and then he starts trying and ends at, like, 24-25 or something like that. So, um, yeah, man, this is just, like, a system play for me. I really, really, I think, I feel like I have a pretty good read on Jokic and how he approaches each each uh, specific game. So, going with Jokic under 26.5 points. That is the final play of the pod, final play of the day. To recap it, um, go in Mikael Bridges under 22.5 points, Tyrese Halliburton over 21.5 points, Jamison Williams in the NFL uh, over twenty or over 38.5 rushing and receiving yards, Stephon Diggs over 59.5 receiving yards, Jimmy Butler over 20.5 points, and then Nikola Jokic under 26.5 points. So 
those are the six plays. Uh, thank you guys for tuning in today. Um, hopefully you guys have a good Sunday. Enjoy some good football. Should get some awesome football, especially with that Chiefs-Bills game. So, yeah, and then hopefully just bet some NBA on the side. Don't pay it much attention. Just get some, get out of here, get some wins. That would be ideal. All right, thank you guys for tuning in. You guys have a good one.